1: Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Co.
0: Hello, so this is Laura, the editor of Olive Magazine, and we've got a very special podcast today. Uh, we've got three guests uh, for a special podcast uh, to celebrate the Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year Awards. Uh, so we've got Caroline Kenyon, founder of the Food Awards Company, which runs the, the awards, and the Tiptree World Bread Awards. So thank you, Caroline. Nice to have it's you. Dobby. to be here. We've got David Loftus, who probably needs no introduction to our readers. He's one of the world's most famous uh, food photographers. Spanning more than 20 years, you've photographed over 100 books, which is incredible, working with top chefs and foodies from across the globe. And then we've also got the lovely George Reynolds as well, food writer, contributing to Eater London, The Sunday Times Star, British Vogue and The Guardian. Hello. Hello. Thank you, everybody. So let's get talking. Today, we thought we'd have a a chat, really, about why we're all so obsessed with food. So we all write about it, talk about it, take pictures of it. Um, George, let's start with you. Why do you enjoy writing about food?
1: Um I think for me it's it's that it allows me to write about pretty much anything. I think the amazing thing that's happened in the last 15 20 years, maybe a bit longer, um with food writing in general is that it's opened up as a sort of subject and and people now sort of feel free to write about any aspect of it. Mm. Um whether it be the sort of the supply chain or the politics of it or the kind of cultural representation. Um so I think um far from being just about a single subject it allows you to be um pretty wide-ranging that's what i've enjoyed yeah. certainly in
3: the last few years writing about it it's funny i mean that's the same with the photography really and it's same same with the awards how that's that's also stretched around. And it's funny, the cab driver on the way here, the cab driver was saying, so you just take pictures of food, that's all <laughs> you do. And you sort of try and explain it. You say, well, no, it's the person that grows the food. It's the place it's grown. It's the place it's sold to. It's, it's the market you buy it. It's the whole story. And that's really changed for the writers. And as a result, it's changed for the photographers and for the awards. Mm-hmm. I mean, the breadth of imagery within the awards now... You know, you actually see very few food portraits or mm. just food still lives in the finals. And it really does cover everything. I mean, very occasionally it's hard to see if there's a food element in a photo, <laughs> but, but they tend not to make the finals. But right. okay. but, but it is about everything now. Yeah. And um, that's where it's really changed.
0: That's interesting. Caroline, what do you think? Why are we also obsessed with taking pictures and, and looking at beautiful food imagery? I think
2: well? because, you know, food speaks to everybody. You know, it Mm. unites us all. We all have to eat. I mean, there are some people, and I personally feel very sorry for them, who see (laughs) food as fuel. But most of us love to eat. And it's not just because it you know makes us feel comfortable and happy and our tummies full, but because it's associated with family, with friends, with celebrations, with relaxing, with being on holiday. Mm. I mean, uh, one of my first questions, if a friend's been on an interesting trip, I'll say, you know, what did you eat? Mm. It's that thing that unites all. All Of us, and I think that's why people respond so intuitively and so emotionally to food photography. Mm, fantastic. I mean,
3: people nowadays, when they go on holiday, will write off a whole country if they think the food is poor, which is terribly sad because I mean, people will say, Oh, I never go to Venice because the food's terrible, <laughs> you know, and architecturally it's amazing, but the food's not good. But actually, the food in Venice is amazing, it's, it's incredible. It's finding the right but places, it's finding the right places. Yeah. and I think, I mean, luckily, it's become much easier to find the right places and you know you can research you know through your own magazine through mm. through through the internet and things you can research the great places and find where the locals do eat well, it is so interesting rewarding point. as a result
0: yeah it's an interesting point you talk about that because actually the way we search for things is changing as well so yes you're right we do look to articles in the newspaper or us at Olive Magazine, but also mm. things like Instagram, you will search via imagery yeah. to, to find places or to eat or places to visit. And that's an interesting
3: yeah, evolution um, as well. I exactly. Think. I mean, I've been with Jamie sometimes when he's actually said, you know, I, I really want to do, I, I make this up, an example, I'd say a croque en bouche or mm. something, and I wanted to do it in a style of a Venetian or a style of something. And it's become so easy now to do a geotag and then mm. start hunting within the geotag for something, just for reference, really, to yeah. see what people like and what they do. Um, it's so much easier now.
2: Yeah, I find that really exciting because it means that, that food becomes this universal language. That can mm. unite everybody and you know there's so much negativity around social media mm. and um particularly you know facebook's taken a bit of a bashing but actually there's so many more possibilities for us to connect with each other through food through
0: social media and to make us realize that we're a, I like each other rather than different it definitely mm. seems a much more positive community than other aspects of social media from what i gather you know like everybody's keen to share or you sometimes get one up and ship i think but mm. it's yeah. definitely a a happy place i mean generally. what's
3: nice is i mean you see it with chefs particularly if a chef goes to a, a, a you know a, a restaurant another restaurant mm. not their own restaurant you know often they'll comp the meal or ask the chef into the kitchen and That's quite rare. I mean, a photographer would never come and say, you know, pop into my studio and see what I do. I mean, there's no way they'd ever (laughs) do that. Um, And it's odd. As chefs, they do bond with each other very well, I think. I mean, the odd biggies, obviously, who we know, you know, will start shouting and ranting and telling everyone else they're not very nice. But, But most of them will embrace you if you come to their restaurants and stuff and I think as well as a punter in a restaurant as a as a customer you know if you show the love you know you do tend to get the love back
0: yeah definitely and how do you think that food photography and food imagery has changed then over the last 15 years in terms of the imagery we have even at olive you know one month or one quarter might be where lots of people have hands in the food photography Mm. another time it might be really stripped back or you might have lots of props like how have you seen it evolve in the last decade or so
3: it, I mean, it does change all the time. And, you know, the the top shot has been the sort of the big thing in the last mm. few years. But I sort of I understand that because most chefs will plate plate food from above. So, yeah. you know, they're they're above their table looking down at their food and they tend to plate it that way. Mm. You know, you won't find a chef on their knees plating a food. Right. So so the when you see people in restaurants shooting from above with their mobile phones, I mean, that's the way the chef has seen it. So it's sort of the right way to shoot it. Mm. Um, and as a result, that's become a real trend within books. I mean, some of the trends go a bit bonkers. You know, the sort of the sort of vast expanse of grey with a with a, a, a plate sort of cropped off in the bottom right hand corner <laughs> and nothing else. And um, it all goes a bit bonkers at times.
2: I, sorry, go on, no, no, no. no. On. no I, just, I think that in a way there are, there are so many trends and mm. styles. But you know what I perceive as you know director of the. Um, uh, photography awards and I'm on the shortlisting panel so I see everything so you must have seen lots mm-hmm. of Is it a bit like um, clothes fashion you know actually people can have their own style yeah there'll be yeah. the kind of the catwalk look and you know whatever's <laughs> going on in Couture in Paris which mm. probably isn't very relevant to you or me Mm. so there might be one particular fashion at the time but everybody's evolving their own style you've very much got your own style david it's really distinctive and beautiful and then there are others that are different and i i think there's there's room for quite a lot of styles yeah
3: there is and certainly with i mean with the instagram competition that we've run um over this year you know there's definitely an erring towards the dark interesting and it gets a little bit depressing at times. I mean, you know, people seem to be taking stuff away from the light and making it as dark as possible. I mean, it was a bit like when there was the big thing of, you know, the narrowest, narrowest depth of field. So Mm -hmm. everything was so soft you couldn't actually see what you were eating. So there was that. And now it seems to be so dark that you can't see what you're eating. But it's, um, you know... It's a really fine balance between something that looks like a Caravaggio and something that just looks like it's been shot at night.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: I find it really interesting the, the way sort of aesthetics like that seem to sort of evolve on Instagram. Though. You know, there, there was this very kind of organic which obviously had a lot of effort that went into it with these kind of tweezered, um, mm. someone called it a sort of new romanticism style of plating things. It was very kind of floral um, and then you had the sort of ugly, delicious very kind of close-ups of kind of and I do, I'm interested to see I mean, I'm sure we'll get around to it, but sort of talking about how the, the future and where it goes from there um, I, don't, I hadn't really noticed the sort of the, the darkening Yeah, it's, been, that you talk about it's interesting. been a lot um, yeah. um, and it's certainly within
3: photography generally there's been a lot of darkness. There's a couple
0: Mm. of, uh, I'm thinking of Instagrammers specifically, but there's definitely a couple of Instagrammers that we're fans of, but like you say, it's I think,
3: oh,
1: yeah, I I think
0: yeah. a lot of Instagrammers are finding their own aesthetic, aren't they?
3: Yeah, and and some of them, I mean, so, as I said, out. some of them do look like Caravaggio's. They're mm. amazing. Mm.
2: I agree really with it, but I, I have to say that I, I have a, a weakness. <laughs> when I'm on the shortlisting panel, people say, oh, Caroline, not another dark picture. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, one of my favourite places is the Wallace Collection. Mm. I don't know if you know it, but the, the Dutch still lives of mm. food there, to me, are the sort of 16th and 17th century Uh, origins of food photography that beautiful beautiful imagery with flowers and pies that are cut open with the crumbs tumbling out and you know half cut open pomegranates. I mean most exquisite painting but with very dark backgrounds and I I do agree <laughs> with that. So
0: guilty as charged. Top tip of how yeah. to win the food photography award here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not on the overall judging panel, and here we have the chair of the judging panel. Uh-huh. Um, so that, it's interesting, that point, though, isn't it? Kind of what is the purpose of a, a food image and how, how it tells a story? Is it meant to be a piece of art? Is it meant to show you how a, a dish is meant to be presented? Is it meant to well, I think take you somewhere yeah, else on a different journey?
3: I mean, as a food photographer, if it's a plate of food, you failed in your job. If you don't want to just lift it off the page it and eat it, it has to look appetizing. on
0: our covers on our lives, yeah. The the thing that we always say is it has to be must either must make or must eat. You you have to want to grab yeah. that plate yeah. of food yeah. off the page, like you say.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because some there are some magazines, some books, particularly where you don't feel that, mm. and it's it's to me quite obvious. It's but but obviously it's not obvious to everybody. Um, but yes, that immediacy of Oh God! I so want to eat that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you
1: really have failed. Yeah, um, and I, f- I think it's, it, with the the sort of viral power of social media and Instagram in particular as, as a sort of marketing tool, you know. I've I'm sure PR agencies would get across with me, but I do think it is the tool that r- restaurants have at their disposal now. Um, it always astonishes me quite how unappealing a lot of these viral things are. You know, these kind of, the sort of freak shake or the unicorn mm-hmm. sprinkles or rainbow this or rainbow that or whatever. Um, all these immaculately plated dishes that get put up on, on restaurant feeds don't have that immediacy and that kind of, you know, wanting to grab something. Whereas I feel yeah. Yeah. maybe it's home cooks or... or um, you do get the occasional chef who where you feel oh yeah I actually just want to eat that I'm not yeah. really interested in anything in else in the image
0: It's interesting that point though isn't it of creating something for the image rather mm. than for the eating of it or drinking of it whatever it might be but uh yeah it's it's definitely that's something no, that we I saw make. a
3: list the other day of L- london's most instagrammable dishes <laughs> <Yeah>. or instagrammable <laughs> restaurants yeah. and it was rubbish it's pretty miserable <laughs> isn't it, it As a way to really really live
1: page cool of, yeah. of a good
2: meal isn't it but i read that yeah. um sales of small bowls have rocketed at john lewis Anywhere. because people are using <laughs> nice. instagram to photograph of it and the thing is if your food is kind of sloppy if it's mm. a stew mm. or something mm. a bit kind of oozing it doesn't look very nice on a plate does it and the way of making it look kind of have that kind of is it hugger yeah it's <laughs> to put it in a bowl
0: so yeah. john lewis is doing very well out of it interesting interesting oh, that's a bit sorry it is quite sad <laughs> that's one thing that uh, I, I was quite interested for all of you to contribute to actually is are there any foods that are hard to photograph or hard to make beautiful? Um, Because I know that, for example, on Olive, we would never, well, I say never, we, we will do at some point and i'm sure we have done in the past but i don't particularly like roasted meats i think they don't look great really close up on a front cover that would not make me want to pick it up yeah, yeah that's my personal preference yeah. i wondered if there's something that would never win a pink lady food photography award. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> another top tip well, for us <laughs> i think
2: we'll keep that one for after tomorrow night <laughs> there was one quite controversial image i've heard from the um, sacred chamber of judging. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, ice cream is notoriously difficult to yeah. photograph, isn't it? So when you see a really beautiful shot of ice cream, I, I do funny. sit I up. Think,
3: yeah, it's funny. I think ice cream's a doddle, but but <laughs> then but then I shoot with natural light, so it's not going to melt under the lights. Yeah. Um, I like shooting ice cream. Curries are hard.
0: Yes. Mm.
2: Because they're sloppy.
3: Yeah. They, they tend to be brown and sloppy. I mean, yeah. um, they taste amazing, but they don't, look great so they tend to be quite hard to shoot and i can't imagine you ever putting a straight curry on a
0: no not uh, on a cover i think that would be
3: tricky
1: uh, but there
0: does seem to be this uh uprising certainly on social media of hashtag beige food if mm. you've seen that yeah, and
1: i'm a big next, fan of this <laughs> that's what i find so of the, the next extreme i describe it's um rachel roddy the i mean i think her recipes are brilliant mm. but i sort of described it as um beans cooked in rainwater like it's this very like you know, humble Italian peasant food that that does look, yeah, not at all sort of, well, it doesn't look at all pretty, but it is very appetizing. I think that's the point I was trying to get yeah, to, that, it, you know, there is a way of making this, even, you know, a curry or a stew or whatever. Yeah, yeah I was looking yeah. at Sky McAlpine's
3: book yesterday, The, mm. uh, the v- oh, She's done a Venice, Venice cookbook and some of that food, you know, it it just depends on again who shot it and the location it's shot in and she's obviously shot it in venice and in in the open air and natural light and stuff but some of it you just look at it and you i I found myself looking at the pages occasionally and i suddenly realized i've been looking at a photo for 10 minutes and it's not it's not just the photography it is the fact that it's, it, is, it is things like bean stews mm-hmm. and things like that but you're just looking at thing. god I want that now yeah mm. really
2: want to eat that so Laura you tell us I'm really fascinated <laughs> you know, if you're the editor of Vogue you would have put Kate Moss on the cover and you know that it's going to sell so yes. as the editor of Olive what food do you put on the oh, cover
0: goodness. and know that it's a surefire hit yeah it's really interesting so I've been editor of Olive for nearly three years now and so I'm definitely learning what works and what doesn't but I think it's always good that our key things to start with are must make or must eat um, so you have to want to eat it at some point Um, but you know what we find absolutely beautiful sometimes doesn't sell quite so well so um, we put on for example uh, shellfish with crawly tentacles and things and that was on reflection a bit of a mistake. Lots of people loved it and enjoyed it, but I think mm. having those kind of.
3: It's an interesting heads one with on, the Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny because book publishers won't put desserts on the front cover.
0: Interesting. See, desserts and cakes and things do yeah. really well, well for is it books, too, too feminine not, an audience. Uh, I think
3: so, yeah. It's a real no no. Yeah. You know.
0: I think it's about. If you're lucky in a magazine because you know your readership and you know your audience mm. and what they love and, and they'll tell you either vocally through social media or with mm. you know the paying pound whether they buy the magazine or not. But you definitely, yeah, we, f- we figure out what works well. You know, cakes and sweet things always do really, really mm. well. Um, avocados do well. Um, what else does well? Uh, yeah, we had profiteroles on at Christmas and they, they flew off the shelves. Um, so I think it's mostly about figuring out what people are eating right now. Um, we always shoot, again, in natural light, making sure it looks like a real plate of food that you want to eat so it's mm-hmm. nothing too arty or overstyled. It's, you know, cooked, not fussed with, and, and taken a photo. It's as simple as that in terms of making it look beautiful to our readers. So hopefully it's working. Mm-hmm. What do you all think makes a, a beautiful or, you know, Aesthetically I think proto. looking
3: natural is a, a really important if something mm. looks a bit plasticky and mm. you know all the stuff that used to be done to food doesn't really exist except probably in certain types of advertising photography so yeah. it's not messed around with you hear these
0: we, myths of cigarettes yeah, under plates don't you and uh, mashed potato I mean, yeah, for ice
3: cream <laughs> we've never done any of that but that might be an ignorance of mine because I didn't have any training towards being a photographer of food, mm. but we've just always shot it naturally as it is, and then afterwards we've either eaten it or stuck it in the fridge and eaten it the following day, or someone mm. next door is eating it, or mm. but it's always made to eat. Yes, exactly. And I think that does show in the photo.
0: Yeah, and I think that's about a trust thing as well, isn't it? Especially if you're working in cookery books or food magazines. If you photograph a plate of food, it has to look how your recipes described it. Otherwise, you've broken the trust between yeah. you and the reader. Um, yeah. Because it, there's nothing worse than following a recipe to the tea, creating it, and it not looking as wonderful no. as you expect it to.
3: So. No, and most cookbooks now I do have a photo per recipe yes so and those are the ones that sell the best as well yes I mean I can't remember the last time I looked at a recipe which didn't have a photo Mm. to Mm. see how it looked but it's so important for telling that story isn't it I think it It
2: is I mean I I think Nigella got away with it with um, how to eat Mm. because she writes so beautifully Mm.
3: Yeah, that's, I, think I, I think there are funny, very
2: those, few photographs Those sort that. of
3: books, even though they're quite well known to us or are quite niche in a way. It's funny, Simon Hopkinson's book, um, The Chick- Chicken... Oh, yeah, How to uh, Roast the Chicken or, yeah, or the Chicken Stories. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I mean, that's, that's voted often the most popular cookery book of all time amongst chefs, but there are no photos. Mm. But you see, I, I still think it probably, you know, doesn't sell a lot of copies the barrel of Bogner or you know, <laughs> well,
2: I mean, it, Caroline of Kingabee of I have yeah. to say bought it because I saw it was voted yeah. the best cookbook ever yeah. and I've never cooked anything like no, that
3: no I think most of us do need a picture mm. yeah. thankfully because it keeps me in work <laughs> yeah.
2: I was just thinking um, one of the categories in our awards is called the Philip Harbin Award for Food in Action which is images of people cooking and Philip Harbin was my husband's uncle okay. and he was the first ever TV chef oh, wow. in the 40s and 50s and he was a very very big celebrity and we've got a lot of his cookery books but the the photography is i mean it's so sweet but it's so utterly (laughs) hideous everything's so (laughs) brightly colored and you know mayonnaise that's piped into little twirls and glacé cherries it's
3: lovely to look at though that type of photography and it's definitely i mean it has a sort of kitsch value but i mean secondhand cookbooks like that have become very valuable and and collected by everyone from food writers to photographers. It's funny, I'm working with Prue Leith at the moment, and it's um, we're shooting her book, and it's her first book for 25 years, which is hard to mm. believe, really. You assume that Prue Leith will have done lots of cookbooks. But she was talking about her last cookbook, and she's a wonderfully sort of flamboyant character. And she was saying about the pictures that illustrate her recipes in her last book, from 25 years ago and there's a recipe for barbecuing and she said oh no 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 I'm not going to use a photograph of barbecue so there's an old illustration from sort of early Victorian times of a human being being roasted on a spit <laughs> by sort of um you know cannibals in papua new guinea or somewhere
0: of and and then there's
3: a there's a scene of party food where she's got rather than do the party food she's got the after the party so it's literally cigarette butts yeah. and and you know so i mean it's funny how it's changed. It's sort of, and now, of course, she just wants beautiful photos of her food.
0: She sounds ahead of the time because Anthony Bourdain's last book had noodles coming out of helmets and all sorts oh, yeah, of cigarette I mean, butts and things know, like that, I mean, so she was ahead of the curve. Yeah, I
3: remember seeing a, a wallpaper article, More wallpaper magazine, which we, you know always thought it was the hippest of the hip, and they'd basically left the food for a year. So they had it all set up for a year, and they shot it literally covered in pin mould. Oh,
2: <laughs> Was it fermented was food <laughs> yeah, before fermented yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. was yeah, in. Maybe they were actually way ahead of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, we've spoken lots about social media during this discussion. We've talked about its uh, positivity and sometimes it has negativity. Um, let's talk about the rise of the smartphone. Um, does everybody think they're David Loftus now that they can go and take a food photo by a click of a button?
3: I do have my own lens on Hipstamatic. I,
0: I know, I've used you know, which, it, I've used it.
3: Which we did design, I mean, it was partly designed to, um, well, what happened, I was I was named in a list of influential photographers, which was embarrassing for me to be in between some really amazing photographers. But, uh, but the people who made Hipstamatic called me up and said, would you design a lens that's going to not annoy people in a restaurant? And they were they were certainly ahead of their time and so I designed this sort of soft filter which focused in the middle and softened out Mm. towards the edges Mm. but also changed the horrible lights in restaurants so where there's always tungsten lights and everything goes a bit orange Mm. it filters out that orange if it detects the tungsten light so the idea is it would look daylight if you actually took the food to the daylight it would definitely look a bit like one of my photos and I even made a little border that looked like one of the old Hasselblad borders. I so think. you
0: can, you can be so David Lofts. You Loftus. can potentially
3: <laughs> be yes, How a little exciting. bit me. And they have a thing in America apparently where they do Lofter Thursday, where everyone goes out in New York and play, shoots their food and goes, "Wee Lofter Thursday." That's pretty cool. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs>
2: That's well, we need funny. to talk about yeah. that in our New um, awards. Definitely. Yeah, but I mean,
3: the phone will take a decent food photo. Mm. The only trouble comes when you want to blow it up the size of, you know, a poster. And a lot of advertising agencies have been using bloggers to yes. do advertising campaigns and things. And I haven't heard a good story of how it's gone yet. Uh, interesting. Because it all falls apart a bit when, you know, you're in a studio and you've got the food. and. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine.
0: Caroline, how many enter? You've got a phone category for the awards. Yeah, we haven't? have some,
2: many hundreds yeah. of entries because it's so accessible. I mean, I... Um, my son, who's 21, is a photographer. And about three years ago, he said, Look, mommy, you need to have a decent camera. I said, hey, <laughs> I cannot take a picture to save my life. It is a total waste of money. And I actually went on a photography course. It was a one day beginner's course. And I was lent this Nikon and it was put on the table in front of me. And everybody else actually was quite experienced. And I looked at this thing. I thought, Oh, it looks really shiny and nice. And then I had to say, Excuse me, how do you turn it on? <laughs> and I had a lovely day, but to be honest, if you put the Nikon back in front of me, I wouldn't be able to remember how to turn it on. A Mm. phone is perfect for people like me. That's the Mm. level of my skill and my ability. (laughs) And to be honest, my interest in taking Mm. photography, I am obsessed with photography, but I utterly revere people like David because... Mm we are not all David Loftus's and it's like people are thinking they get the brand new golf clubs and they're Tiger Woods, no you're not you're somebody with a brand new set of golf clubs, yeah. so mm. the phone is, is wonderfully democratic and it means that we can all have our Instagram feeds and so on but we are not David Loftus I've
0: been so impressed at the, uh, the images that come out of cat- uh, the phone category there, I think our art director Jill was actually shortlisted for one of her photos oh, which we were thrilled about for her um, I think was it, somebody sat on a cow of some sort I'm looking yeah. to, to our team uh, so yeah we were thrilled to see her on there but yeah I'm always so impressed at, at the, the range but that's what I love about the awards in general is that, that everybody can get involved and you, know, you you can be a professional photographer yeah, it's, it's, or an amateur it's completely
3: or, anonymous so yeah. we we never see the names I mean I don't know the name of this year's winner wow I know the photo, but I don't know yeah. the name. And it could be a professional, it could be an amateur. Yeah. And certainly amateurs have won it in the past, mm. and certainly they win their categories. Um, but never at any point is a name seen, which is quite interesting. So
0: great great reason to, <clears> to yeah, enter. Yeah, and the
3: only, the only thing is with the Youth Awards, obviously there are age categories, yes. but, that, but that's it. I mean, a youth can still, you know, you can enter anything. And it's it really is a very democratic Yeah. Process
0: now, George. You've been quite a vocal critique of others on social media uh, for their food photography skills. Do you think it's
1: important
0: to take a
1: good photo
0: if you're on social media?
1: So, well, not a f- <laughs> first of all, to be clear, um, <laughs> a few things. So, no, I was the. I think that probably came from um, an observation that Jen Ag, who's a Canadian uh, restaurateur and writer, had made that all restaurant critics had terrible Instagram profiles, (laughs) um, which no comment from me personally. But I thought it was a really interesting question as to sort of what duty you have as a as a sort of restaurant critic, you know, you wouldn't sort of just sort of toss off a few words about somewhere you'd put thought and effort into representing a restaurant in the most faithful way possible. Um, and so I can, I can understand why as a restaurateur, you'd be sort of frustrated if someone was posting not great photos of your restaurant, especially if they're a high profile critic and you, you know, that can be interpreted, um, as, uh, them not necessarily kind of having enjoyed the food or not thinking it was worth the effort to present it properly. Um, But I think that probably gets to something more fundamental about how I feel about social media, which is that it is just um, this huge, vast expanse that we still don't really understand and that we haven't really started exploring properly um, and it's scary to me how quickly it moves and how much power now resides in people's hands on social media in a way that even five years ago there wasn't yeah. um, you know you get restaurants designed with Instagram in mind now um, you have influencers who you're, you know are able to make or well, I'd say make or break but certainly they would think they have it in their gift to make or break a restaurant um, with their hundreds of thousands of followers so it just I guess all I'm concerned about when I make these vocal uh, <laughs> um, pronouncements is that we just need to sort of um, keep in mind that this is still very much uncharted territory and we've only really had it in our hands and had this power for, you know, three or four years.
0: I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? It's everybody's roles... Um and interaction with social media is changing so when i first started writing about food and other things you know we were only just talking about oh you've heard about this thing called twitter mm-hmm. and you should really get on it and you know now it's a part of your job and you have to engage yeah. with it yeah. and present on it and so it's kind of a new set of skills that perhaps restaurant critics or whoever are in the industry don't necessarily mm-hmm. well didn't think they would have to have um yeah. but if they weren't present on those platforms there would be a, a void where they should be. So it's a, really, it's a tricky one, isn't it's it? It's interesting
2: because we've actually, we're running um, uh, a workshop for one of our sponsors for the awards, Is Eraseres, the okay. Chilean winery, and they sponsor the Wine Photographer of the Year category. And they're bringing um, a dozen. Um, managers of wine shops to have a show around the exhibition on thursday um a wine tasting Contesting. and then uh fujifilm who's another sponsor of ours is running a short workshop on on how these wine shop managers can take better pictures of wine
0: it's a very hard because
2: thing to because it's very hard but also <laughs> it's part of that thing it's they have a responsibility you know if, mm. if a winery has put maybe decades, perhaps even Mm. centuries of skill into producing whatever the wine is. Mm. And then there's some really awful photograph of it by somebody who's indifferent or disrespectful in their wine Mm. shop. That doesn't do a service to the product, does it? So uh, we did it last year and it was so successful.
3: I mean, the standard of that category is really high. It's really high. It seems to have more specialist photographers than any other category in a way. You know, Mm. people who specialise in wine... particularly photographing vineyards and and you know calves and and the wine growers and and you do get some really amazing photography
2: and and very startling photography don't you think it's it's never predictable that's the thing
3: i think they all feel you know they're all looking for the different angle that's the difference i suppose um and yeah it's always amazing quite gory often weirdly
1: <laughs> yes there's a lot of red yeah. yeah
3: but it's it's good yeah it's
0: really good I, I personally think that social media is a great thing because it, it it builds and strengthens strengthens this community that we have and it's a great place to talk about and discuss and and imagery is part of that story that we're all telling so for us yeah. it's a great thing i think but I yeah i do yeah. i do and i think there's a place for kind of and we might differ on this i think there's place for bad photography on there as well because it's it's it is that democratic thing, and it's not everybody's a professional photographer, but it's great when they
1: can. Oh no, like take a look <laughs> at my profile. The, photo, the photography on my profile is no, yours terrible. Is it, it, it's, yours is it's very just, good. Yours um, is very good. Yeah, no, no, no I, 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 think the democratization, as, as mm. Carol was saying, I think is the best bit about it, and the fact you know, as a, as a journalist or as someone who's interested in food. The ease with which you can interact with people about it now is phenomenal compared to even, you know, even five years ago when I think I probably had just started taking more of a kind of active interest in it. Um, So I think it's absolutely fabulous. And and there is absolutely a space for everyone in that Um, which is uh, is the best thing about it? I mean, it's quite a, people who do it
3: well. I mean, say for example, Rene Rossetti. Yes, you know he does it beautifully. Mm. I
0: always learn something from his feed every single I mean, day.
3: every day is a yeah. school day with him. So, and particularly with his Instagram stories. Yeah. But you know, I've noticed with him, if someone, so for example, he put up a um, an is it an abalone yesterday that was quite bizarre. I mean, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen to eat. Really strange um, creature. And some people were quite upset that he was eating it. They're quite rare, apparently. It was an albino one. Um, But he responded to every single person that was either upset or interested. And people who do it well like that, and he's got a lot of followers, so it must take him quite a long time to respond to everybody. I think that that sort of – and, you know, you would never have been able to – contact him otherwise
0: it's that discussion so if, isn't it? if
3: there is that sort of um two-way traffic then it can be incredibly rewarding mm. i mean it's a bit frustrating if you're commenting on someone's picture every day and they never respond mm. you sort of probably get to the point where you think actually i'm not going to bother um but um but with people like that whereas there's two-way traffic you know actually you are talking to someone who's really a rock star of his you know his genre, yeah, really,
0: and it's so easy, and you're yeah. you're very likely to get a yeah. response as well. Yeah, it's a great thing. Okay, so let's talk about then the future of food photography, which you are all at the forefront of, and you all see what's happening and setting the trends. Do, do we think it will get more avant-garde, more theatrical? Will it get stripped back? What do we think, Caroline?
2: Oh goodness, <laughs> I mean, I I think the sky's the limit, mm. and I I I don't think it's ever going to end because mm. I think I think just this, um opening up of food as the universal language is here to stay and and I think it's part of this whole thing to do with how you know that people are spending less money on stuff and much more on experiences well what defines an experience is often the food so I think photography is going to go in parallel with that and again you know I talked about the diversity of styles who knows what's around the corner and that for me is really exciting because I think what are those thousands of images going to reveal to me this time next year? Mm. Yeah. I, I can't predict, I'm not, a, I'm not a star predictor, you're
3: probably no, more I mean, I mean, the, able to comment. The amazing thing with, with the awards and with all the photos when they come in is, I mean, some of them do look very old-fashioned, mm. but that's not a bad thing, you know, it's a good thing in a way. It's, I mean, like everything, we look back at, you know, suddenly people are using film again and stuff like that, so... <clears throat> there's uh, there's no sort of right way or wrong way or, and it's really, the diversity is amazing. And what you were saying about the writing being about, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about the awards, but also books about food now. It is the producers and it is, and that's more and more and more important to people. The people. The people, yeah. I mean, it's funny, we did, the book we did last year with Jamie, The Five Ingredients, we paired it back so simply. I mean, we shot the whole book in the same angle, same background, the same same way and it became the most successful book of all time now there's no rhyme or reason in that I mean there's I mean it's Jamie, of, and, <laughs> and Jamie and in you that, but, but it's so simple but then I look at as I said Sky McAlpine's book and I just think oh my god I just wish I'd shot that <laughs> and I wish I could eat that and I wish I could do that and I wish I could mm-hmm. hang out with those people and mm-hmm. you know wade around in the shallows catching fish and and I think that whole experience thing does appeal to most people I mean I'm sure you see it with the magazine those features where you you get the whole experience and then you do the recipes
0: yeah that's the thing is that we want to be part of their food journey from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to sleep whether that's you know a simple breakfast lunch or dinner or whether that's traveling to Venice or wherever Mm -hmm. and and eating their way around a a place and or or with people or with family or whatever it might be so it's part of being on that food journey is I think a lovely I
2: think, I mean, this is something probably you can comment mm. on, Josh, but I think um, food is now seen as the kind of key to unlocking so much about culture. Yeah. And I was sitting at the kitchen table the other day and um, I was probably just having boiled eggs and my copy of Jerusalem mm. was nearby because I'd made uh, a cake from it the other day and I just started properly reading it. And I'm ashamed to say I had not read it properly. I've done recipes mm. from it. But, you know, it just taught me so much about the history of Jerusalem and the Middle East. I mean, you know, um, Yosemite is an incredibly intelligent, oh. knowledgeable man. And he was an academic before he was a chef. And it just unlocked a yeah. whole world to me. And I think that's
3: yeah, you potentially do.
2: where food writing and photography is going. Yeah,
3: You do wonder how many people really read cookbooks as opposed to, you know, do the recipes mm. and and the re- reading is often so rewarding
1: yeah I, mean, I i think i i must own hundreds of cookbooks i think we we're probably cook from a handful of them you know I, I generally do tend to sort of read them first and foremost, as yeah, as sort of literature. And I think um, Diana Henry's How to Eat a Peach um, recently come out. And I think that's a fantastic example of one that you could just, mm-hmm. is this way of unlocking, you know, and I think explicitly in her eyes, you know, these menus are a way of unlocking specific experiences in her life and sort of bringing them to life for other people. Um, and I think absolutely that sort of exploration, that lens that allows you to put over an experience and kind of you know, see it for yourself is, is fantastic. And, um, as you said about Rene Rezepi, I think that's what's wonderful about his account and, um, where if I had to sort of put money on, on it going, it would be in that direction is, you know, people want to see new things. And I think, um, it's only when you start exploring something at that feed that you realize quite how much there is out there. And, um, again, my sort of one health warning about the potential homogeneity of social media is that you miss that kind of excitement and freshness Mm. if everyone starts to replicate the same sort of aesthetic. But um, yeah, I hope certainly that we go more in that direction.
0: Fantastic. And so who will be the future winners of the Pink Lady Food Photography Awards? Are there any up and coming talent we should be looking out for?
2: Oh, there's a wealth (laughs) of talent. I was just saying to um, David before we came into the studio that I look back at the shortlist and being shortlisted is amazing, mm. but it mm. means that you may not be a finalist, and a finalist means that you get your picture on the wall at the Mail Galleries, which is quite something. But I look at back at the shortlist from past years, and I want to weep, because I feel so guilty that these amazing pictures did not make it yeah. to the wall.
3: Yeah. The exhibition is quite an eye opener. It's, it, I mean, there's a lot that you look at and you're just very jealous of. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, really, really good photos. But... um who future, who knows? I mean, it's so global. It's really open, you know, it's opened it up to everyone, which is the amazing thing.
0: So everybody needs to go down and have a look at the Absolutely, the please so, come. So how long is it on for and where is it Till Sunday afternoon. It's at the Mall Galleries, on yep. the Mall.
2: So it's just by uh, Admiralty Arch uh, on Trafalgar Square. It's uh, open from Wednesday at 10 all the way through till Sunday at 3. And I am the the whole time <laughs> i would love to see anybody and everybody because it's the
0: most exciting week of my year fantastic and you can look at all of the photographs online as well can't you
2: absolutely the where well, the shortlist is published already and there's film let's not forget the films which are brilliant um and then the finalists will be posted at nine o'clock tomorrow night
0: fantastic and can you women's. remind us of the
2: website <laughs>
0: www.pinkladyfoodphotographeroftheyear.com Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. That was so thank interesting. You. And it was lovely to have Thank you. Me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that special episode of the Olive Magazine podcast which was in association with the Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year Awards. Remember if you liked anything you listened to today you can find out more at the Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year Awards website and at olivemagazine.com. You can buy our lovely magazine as ever in all good supermarkets and news agents and if you want to tell us what you thought of this episode or any episode as it goes remember you can get in touch with us on social media at Olive Magazine. Thank you for listening and. Cheers See you next time.